I'm going to invite you to turn in the same passage we read last week. There's so much there, we want to do it again. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 34. So guide us by your spirit, Lord, as we come to your holy word. Matthew 6, beginning verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow was thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, John D. Rockefeller, I think we, many of us probably know that name, older ones of us do certainly, at the time of his death in 1937, was considered by many to be the richest American in our nation's history. Uh, in 1937, when he died, he was, uh, his net worth was $1.4 billion. Adjusted to today's dollars, it's maybe over $40 billion. And our ears today hear $40 billion, and we go, ho-hum as another famously wealthy American, John Paul Getty, put it, a billion isn't worth what it used to be, right? Let me give you a perspective on what a billion is, but we'll use it by talking about time. 
a million seconds is 11 days, okay? So a million seconds is 11 days. Do you know how much time a billion seconds is? 31 years. Oh. Really? How many of you, okay, get out your calculator, do it. And so the young people among us are actually what we might call time billionaires. Billions of seconds are ahead of our kids. The rest of us, not so much, okay? Okay, let's back to Rockefeller. Rockefeller was once asked, famously, how much money is enough? And you know his answer, right? Just a little bit more. How much money is enough? The the wealthiest American, who who at that time, you know, the 1.4 billion was mind-blowing. We we are so used to that B word. We're into the T word, right? Trillions. How much money is enough? Without hesitating, he replied, just a little bit more. And so how would you answer that question? How much money do you think is enough for your life? How much money is enough for you? It is a question that exposes or or reveals something about what, what Jesus talks about, the treasure of our heart. Where are our hearts? Is the treasure on earth? Is the treasure in heaven? And so this question about how much money is enough money is a question that exposes, it reveals something about our, our hearts. If money is the treasure or earthly goods are the treasure, the answer will always be some form of a little bit more. Might not use those words, but if, if the things of this earth, which money represents kind of access to the things of the earth, the ability to, to purchase and experiences and objects, etc., if money is the treasure of our heart, the answer will always be to how much is enough, just a little bit more. But if God is the treasure, the question is, how much money is enough? I've got all the money I need because God is taking care of me. So how much is enough is a question that I'm not going to ask any of you to answer out loud, but but think about that. Maybe talk about that as, as a couple, as a family. How much money is enough? Talk about this with your kids and your grandkids. The question of enough is something that we face every day, but we don't recognize it for the test that it is, the test of our our hearts or in our minds and our soul and our strength. 
Uh, we live in a world that bombards us with a message that you will never have enough. You always need more. This is what drives the economy, right? <laughs> you will never have enough. Sadly, I think many of our young people hear a message, you'll never be enough. And then we carry that into adulthood. And some of us live as if we'll never have enough, we'll never be enough, we'll never have that, be that. The world surrounds us with a message that you always need at least a little bit more. And too easily, I think our hearts, our weak hearts resonate and we nod in agreement, I do need more. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough friends. Um, I guess the younger person's version of this would be, I don't have enough followers, right? Right? I don't have enough likes. And, and, and we do laugh, but it's a sad reality that's affecting the mental health of our young people. The social media reality, there are some who are just more popular than others and they keep score. How many likes did my post get? I'll never have enough time or money or friends or followers. I'll never have enough house. That's the older person's verse. I'll never have enough car. I'll never have enough good looks or beauty. I'll never have enough respect. I'll never have enough popularity. I'll never have enough influence. I'll never have enough recognition. Name it. This is what the world speaks to us. And if we feel that we don't have enough, the telltale sign of that to which Jesus speaks is worry. If you find yourself worrying about the money, about the likes, about the popularity, about the house, about the anything, if you find yourself worrying somewhere in your life, you're thinking you don't have enough. And so Jesus drives right, you can't serve God and money. What are you talking about? Therefore, and so he begins because he knows how his audience is going to react. And so the telltale signs when we don't feel we have enough of something that we feel we need more of, it's anxiety or it's worry or it's fear or it's disappointment. Sometimes it's disappointment because it looks like they've got more than we've got. And we're disappointed that we don't have enough. For some of us, the not having enough plays out as anger or frustration. Sometimes we burn with jealousy or envy when we see the other person having more of what we think we want. And so Jesus came to announce good news. You have enough. You know why? Because God is enough. God is enough for you. God is more than enough for you. Look at those birds. Look at those flowers. 
and you are so much more valuable than, than they are. Look how beautiful they are. Look how they are not worried. God is providing for them. And if God isn't enough for you, I guarantee no amount of money or time or influence or likes, etc., no amount of anything else will be enough. If God is not enough, no amount of money or anything else will ultimately satisfy. If God isn't enough, if our hearts aren't satisfied with knowing Him, another 1,000 or 10,000 or a million or a billion of whatever it is will not satisfy. If God isn't enough for us, then it's always, always, always going to be just a little bit more. If we're not satisfied with God, I believe what Jesus is saying, then you'll never be satisfied. Each of us battles with this. And each of us knows people who battle with this. This is the human dilemma. This is the human challenge. And so this cryptic, couple of verses about the eye being the lamp of the body. The eye we, is which we see the outer world, but what we see with our eyes affects our inner world. And we look at the Joneses, you know, I, uh, keeping up with the Joneses, we all know that phrase, right? We look at the neighbors, and social media gives us an opportunity to look at a lot of neighbors, right, right now? and see how their lives are doing. We look at the world around us, that world which we can see and observe and touch and handle, the world of money. And when our eyes lay hold of that, we go, oh, man, I wish I had that. I need some more. This is what Jesus is saying. The, the, the eye is the lamp of the body. We see the outer world, and it affects our inner world. Oh, we may, may not always let on that we're observing. We may not let on that we're jealous or we're angry, we're frustrated, we're disappointed, we're, we're worried. But our inner heart understands. The eye is the lamp of the body. And so if you're looking at that, the earthly treasures, you're going to be full of darkness. You're not going to ever feel like you've got enough. But if you're, and this is the, the spiritual challenge here. But if your eye looks at the invisible God, well, wait a second, I can't see the invisible God. Oh, I know, but you can see the handiwork of the invisible God <laughs> in the beautiful creation and the sky and the flowers and the birds and the mountains and the trees and all of this beauty. If your eyes behold that beauty and you go, oh, look at what God has done. Your whole inner body will be full of light. And so that's why Paul, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. You, you realize that's, that's kind of like a contradiction, right? It's an oxymoron. How can you fix your eyes on something that's not seen? For what is seen is temporary. What is unseen 
is eternal. And so Paul maybe is reflecting on this teaching of Jesus as he would have come to have learned it from his fellow apostles. And so Jesus presents money here as the chief rival and enemy to our relationship with God. Because money will never let us say enough. Money will never let us say, I have enough. This is why it's a cruel master. Because there's always something more, something shinier, something newer, something faster, something bigger, something better that we can purchase with money. You have a car? Well, you don't need a car. But money says, yeah, but you want a faster car, a shinier car, a prettier car. Have a house? Well, get a bigger house. You can have more house. Of course, as we get older, sometimes we don't need more house. What do we need? We need less house, right? <laughs> we downsize. That's the wise move, right? And we could just go through <laughs> all of the things that Madison Avenue is trying to sell us. Money will never let us say enough. Uh, in Genesis chapter 15, when God calls out to Abram, he's already begun the relationship. Abram, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to choose you. I'm going to make your name great. And all peoples on earth are going to be blessed through you. And then chapter 15, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. This is the promise of God to the faithful, to his people. I am your shield. I am your protector. I am your defender. I am your great reward. I am enough for you, Abraham. And so Jesus presents money as the chief rival because money whispers a seducing lie. I am your shield. I am your very great reward. No, 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 no. The people of God say, God is our shield. God is our protector. God is our great reward. No. You can't see God, but you can see me. I am your shield. I'm the one who protects you. And so money tells us that we need more money to be safe. We need more money to be secure. We need more money to feel rich. And it's a lie. Some of the unhappiest people in the world are what? The richest people. God would have us trust in Him and in Him alone. God would have us depend on His character, His word, His promises. God would have us believe that He is enough. And so that's why Jesus says, don't, don't worry about tomorrow. God knows, God's in that tomorrow already because He's outside of it all, right? Just live today. Do you have enough today? Rejoice in that. Be content in that. 
And so, and so get about loving your neighbor. Get about serving your neighbor. Get about enjoying that which God has provided for you. Enjoy the good meal today. Enjoy being out in the backyard and digging in the, in the garden and enjoy those flowers. Don't forget to look at the flowers. Remember, God's placed these reminders all around us. The birds and the, and the flowers to remind us that He is enough. And so God would have us trust in Him and depend on His character and word every day. And so that's why Jesus, so seek first the kingdom. Do that thing first thing every morning. Wake up and remind yourself God is enough. God has provided for me. I am valuable to God. I have everything I need. And then get about your day. Money subverts and undermines our trust in God. Even as it whispers, I am your shield and great reward. Don't believe that. Money will say, yeah, God is nice and all that stuff, but I provide all that stuff. That's what money says to us. I get you the things you really need, and money gets us to, to start to blend need. And what's that other word? Want. There's not a parent or grandparent among us that have had, had that lesson with the children. Mommy, 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 I need. No, 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 no. Let's clarify. You do not need that. You want that. The difference between needs and wants. I was going to go through all the Psalms and lift up all the verses that talk about being satisfied in the Lord. And, you know, I've got a couple favorite Psalms in here, in case you all haven't heard. But I thought I would just go with Psalm 63. You, God, are my God, earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you, my whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. The heading says David wrote this from the desert. Where there is no food, there is no water, and so he earnestly seeks God. And so, I will be satisfied. I thirst for you, O oh God. I thirst for your presence. Your presence, your word, is all the bread I need. Because man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And so let me close where I began. How much is enough? How much is enough? A little bit more? Or is it I have all I need? <laughs> because I have God. <laughs> and I have His Son and I have his spirit. What more could I possibly want or need? And so the hymn that we are about to sing, Great is thy faithfulness. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. 
Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Father, thank you. Thank you for the words of Jesus and the words of Paul and the words of the psalmist and the words of Moses that you have reminded us, that you have brought to us today to to recall that you are enough. You are everything we will ever need. You're all that we will ever need, ultimately. But you know us and you know our weakness. You know how we struggle. And you know how our eyes drift and we are led astray by the riches of the world and how our hearts often are set upon them. And we get feeling we don't have enough. And you know how how money whispers in our ears, trying to get us to think that, that money is our shield and great reward. So Lord, thank you for reminding us that you are our shield. You are our protector, defender. You are our great reward. And how we thank you for Jesus Christ, the pearl of great price, in whom our souls delight. And so set us free more and more, little by little, from the clutches of money that we can be free to follow you this day. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's stand and